glory to God. It's good to be How awesome it is that have a little issue in and out. I don't know, maybe we these these ones are they turned off? You're right, y'all can hear me. We're slowly but surely trying to get everything organized, amen. I'm, I'm going to have to go to a hard wire. There we go. I'm going to step back. Can y'all get me back there, guys? How about that? Amen. That's a lot better. Praise the Lord. And so just kind of be, uh, kind of watch me a little bit here. We might have to adjust that a little bit. We'll get some feedback, amen. But it's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen. It's good to look around and see the family of faith and the people of God. Amen. What an awesome time it is with the church family as we are prepping for an extraordinary year 2022. We are in a prophetic series that I believe if you hear it will change your life. And friends, I know that you might hear this from, you know, from others and from time to time, maybe you've experienced maybe a, a person saying the word of God can change your life. But when I tell you today, listen to me, that today the word of God can change your life. I say that to you as a truth. It's not just something that I'm saying to tease your mind or your appetite toward God, but rather I'm speaking to you out of the heart of the spirit of God, that God is going to do something extraordinary in your life. Amen. And I want you to hear what God is saying to you. I want you to hear it. And then after you hear it, I want you to do it. Amen. Because God is going to do something extraordinary as we're getting into a, a beautiful series. We started last Sunday in this series. Uh, and this is the end of the beginning. Because how many did they know that when God speaks, he speaks to the end of things? Not to start something. How many know that God ends something to get started? Amen. So God ended what he was going to do with you before the foundation of the world, and he created you to start it. Oh, somebody's got to hear that. And how awesome it is today that we can begin to understand today that God is going to do something extraordinary. So I want you to hear the word of the Lord today as we're going to read a passage out of one of my favorite passages in the Bible. This is St. John chapter 6. So I'm going to ask you to stand. Uh, and this, this again, we're reading out of St. John. You can, you can slide your finger down to verse 48. In a message entitled, hear this, in a message entitled, You Are What You Eat. You Are What You Eat. I want you to think about that for a minute. Right? You are what you eat. I'm not talking about a salad. I'm not talking about a Big Mac. I'm speaking to you spiritually. You are what you eat spiritually. And you'll never be any more or any less than that. And your health is predicated upon eating the food that Jesus gives you. And I want to talk about that today. I want to read a portion here out of St. John chapter 6. I'll, I'll read uh, from verse 48. And I'll take it down. Let, let me see verse 48. And I want to take it down to verse 58. And I just want you to hear this today as we get into these conversations. This again is St. John chapter 6, verses 48 through 58. And I just want you to hear this. This is, this is dynamic. Are you there? 
St. John chapter 6, verse 48. If you're there, say amen. I am reading from the King James Version of my Bible, and it begins like this. I am the bread of life. Uh, I am that bread of life. Somebody say that bread. Mm. Your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which came, cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh. Let's catch that. So I'm going to give you bread, and that bread comes in the form of his flesh. So you got to hold on to that principle. Jesus is going to give you his flesh to eat. Catch that. He says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. The bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now watch what happens here. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, catches, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath what? Eternal life. Ah. Oh. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. For he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Did y'all catch that? Y'all want to pray with me? Come on, let's pray together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this extraordinary morning, this extraordinary time, this supernatural service, this prophetic word that meets the family of faith. So profound, so rich, so thorough. That today, Father, if we'll eat this today, if we'll take it in, it'll transform this church, it'll transform our families, it'll transform each and every life. Holy Spirit, bring us into this knowledge. Let it not slip past us. Holy Spirit, make every word effectual. Let, let this word fall on hearts so pliable, so useful to God. Uh, let this seed fall on, on fertile ground that it may yield back a hundred times which was sold. We pray that today. We pray purpose today. We pray, we pray divinity today. We pray the presence of God to be so overwhelming that when we leave this place, we'll leave here walking with him. So we pray your help, your strength. We pray your purpose as we move forward. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, before you see, listen, go find five people, and I want you to tell them this. You are what you eat. Go find somebody and tell them you are what you eat.
test one, two. Look at your neighbor and say, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. You are what you eat. Let me start off this morning with a prophetic word concerning the body. And in fact, if you like, you can go with me. You, you, you're familiar with this passage. This is nothing new to you. This is found in Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53 begins like this. Who shall believe our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? To, to whom is the power of God made evident? The Bible says, uh, the prophet Isaiah says, that he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness. And when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. This is a body statement. He is despised. And rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Now listen to the body statement. Surely, surely he'd borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Catch it. Here's the body statement. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. This is a body statement. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a body statement. That's not a blood statement. That's a body statement. This is the body of Christ, the body, the physical body of the Lord. It was bruised, it was wounded, it was smitten, it was afflicted. How many did they know that in the 22nd chapter of St. Luke, Jesus took communion? It is the only place recorded in the Bible where Jesus of himself said, with desire have I desired to eat this Passover meal with you. He was excited to divide the sacrament. Do you know that Jesus, did you know that today we take communion? And right before the year started, in, in December 26th, we started this prophetic series with communion. Why? Because it's the power of God. It's the power of God. And friend, I would encourage you, if you missed December 26th, that you're on your way home, stop at the convenience store, get you some juice. 
Get you some bread and take communion today. Remind yourself that God is powerful. When you look at your neighbor and say, God is powerful. Powerful. Jesus, the Bible says he took that cup and he blessed it. And he poured out that wine to every one of those disciples. And you know what he said? This is the New Testament in my blood. Catch this. He says, which is shed for you. Somebody say Jesus shed his blood. I believe the whole church is good at drinking. I, I, I believe the church has learned how to drink from the well of the shed blood of Christ. We just don't know how to eat yet. Because you are what you eat. Listen, my friend, most of the church today is on a liquid diet in their spirituality. We just haven't learned how to eat from the body. Jesus says this. The Bible says he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. And he divided it among disciples. And he says this. This is my body. Catch this. Which is given to you. Did you know that Jesus gave you his body? Did you know that Jesus gave you his body. Stop and ponder what I just told you. Jesus gave you his body. I know you've been drinking the blood. The question, have you been eating his flesh? Jesus said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you'll have no part of me. You can't have one without the other. You can't have a body without blood and you can't have blood without a body. And Jesus says, I'm giving it to you. St. John chapter 6 is one of the most magnificent stories in the Bible. And in fact, if you have your Bible, go with me back to St. John 6. Uh, don't go there. Right, I'm going to quote a verse, but, but just go to St. John 6, chapter 6. But how many know that in St. John 6, 6, 6, the Bible said at that time, many disciples turned back and followed him no more. Why? Because Jesus says you got to drink of my blood and eat of my flesh. Understand that the people of his day perceived and understood the Jews strove because how can this man give us flesh to eat? It was a blaspheme. It was a sacrilege. How many know the Jews didn't drink blood? And it was a sacrilege for Jesus to talk about that sort of thing. But Jesus wasn't talking about drinking blood and eating flesh. He was talking about spiritual work. He was talking about the spiritual work designed around the blood and designed around his body. Now, if you're in St. John 6, go ahead and open that up because I, I want to point out to you a prophetic verse for 2022. Because the Spirit of the Lord is giving me a, a word for this house for 2022. This is a prophetic word. Prophetic word for 2022. And brother and sister, let me tell you something. We can no longer just be drinkers in the kingdom. We got to be eaters in the kingdom. And I'm going to show you today how we eat from the kingdom of God. I'm going to show you how to eat. How many would want to eat in the kingdom of God? You say, you know what, preacher? I want to eat. Right? And I think some of you want some satisfaction in your Christian life. And, and the satisfaction you're going to eat is when you get full on the flesh of Christ. I'm going to show you how this works. Are you in St. John uh, chapter 6? Just keep your Bible there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allude to a passage here in a minute because I want to give you a prophetic verse. And that prophetic verse here, I'm going to give it to you here in just a minute. But I want to kind of set the story up. St. John chapter 6. Let me share something with you about the story. Th this is the story of Jesus feeding 5,000 men with five loaves and two fish. 
it is a miraculous story that Jesus would, would be teaching. And the Bible says he'd been filled with compassion, knowing that he'd been teaching all day. He didn't want to send them back to their homes that evening. He wanted to give them something to eat, so he brought over Thomas. He says, Thomas, what can we do to feed all of these? And Thomas said, Lord, if we had 200 denarius, 200 penny worth, we couldn't feed all of these that were here. If we had half a year's wages, we wouldn't have enough to feed. They'd just get a morsel. And Jesus says, well, what do we have? Philip said, Lord, we got five loaves, two fish, some little boys, mama packing lunch. Jesus said, bring it over here and let's bless it and give thanks for it. You see, Jesus is teaching principles here. He blessed it and gave thanks for it. And he told the disciples, go out and divide it. Uh, go, go out and, and, and no matter what they want, no, no matter how much they want, let everybody get what they want to eat. And the more people reached in to get, the more was multiplied. Uh, whatever the need was, whatever people, whatever the hunger level was, whoever put their hands into that basket, whatever they reached in, Jesus said if they want two fish, three fish, five fish, whatever they want, let them get it. And I want you to, whatever's not left over, save the scraps, save what's left. The Bible says that everybody ate and had their fill. Everybody was stuffed to the gills. The Bible says when they picked up the scraps, there were 12 baskets full left over from the blessing and giving thanks over five loaves, two fish. Everybody got what they wanted. Everybody was filled. Nobody was hungry. It's just a natural illustration because how many know before we can get something spiritual, we have to see it in the natural. For all you that say, I'll believe it when I see it, this is Jesus showing you how it works naturally, and then he's going to transform that thing into the spirit so that we all can participate. How many know that after this happened, the Bible says that Jesus hung around a little while. He went up to the mountain to pray, and the disciples went over the other side of the Sea of Tiberias. While they went, a storm met them. You remember this story? And, and they were afraid. And the Bible says... That Jesus came walking in the middle of the night over to the boat. And when they saw it, they were terrified because they thought it was a ghost. Somebody say Casper, the friend of ghosts, was walking on the Sea of Tiberias. They were terrified. And it was the Lord on the water who says, be not afraid, it is I. You remember the story. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. What did the Lord say? Come. Peter walked on water. You, you remember the story. He got his eyes off of Jesus, and, and he began to concentrate again on the boisterous wind and the waves, and he began to sink, and Jesus saves, and they get back on the boat. And the Bible says because of this, their heart was hardened towards the lesson of the bread and the loaves. They didn't learn the lesson. They get over to the other side. Jesus is on the other side. He's in Capernaum. The Bible says 
that the next day the people of that town went out to look for Jesus and they didn't find him. They asked, well, where's Jesus? Well, he's on the other side. And so they all got into boats and went over to find the Lord. And, and here's where the Lord has sent me to tell you a prophetic word, a word that if you hold on to this, it'll transform 2022. And I believe there's a lot of you in here today that you need transformation in your life. You, you need an infusion of the Spirit of God. You need, a, you need a miracle in your life. You need something dynamic to happen to you. And God has sent me here with the Word. Now, friend, you can look at me and keep your arms crossed and act like I ain't saying nothing. But I know the Spirit of God who revealed it to me. I know the Spirit of God who spoke to me. I'm here on divine assignment. If you want this year to be a year like no other year you've ever had in the Lord, I've got a Word for you. I've got a Word for you. Well, you look at your neighbors and say, you got a Word, baby. Got a word. You you there in your Bibles, right? You there in your Bibles. This is th th these people are looking for Jesus, but they're not looking for him because he did miracles. They're looking at him because they want to eat again. They're there for temporal things. there for something temporary. And Jesus said, listen, what I want to give you is something permanent. Do, do you know the nature of God? This is, this is what the prophet tried to teach us. That your God is so peculiar that he declares the end from the beginning. Let me say that one more time because you missed it. Uh, God doesn't start something. He ends something to get started. And it's the nature of God to finish something and then put you in motion to the finished thing. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. Do, do you understand the affirmative of the Bible? The Bible says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Why? Because the end is already present. You're not going to ask God for anything he hasn't already completed. He's going to guide you over to that. How many are thankful that the Holy Spirit's job is to guide you? What is he guiding you to, to the completed work of God? Can I suggest to you that when God speaks and, the, and when Christ speaks, he's always speaking to the end of something. God doesn't speak in an intermediary fashion. He speaks to the end of things. And there's some things in your life that should have ended a long time ago. There's some things in your life today you wish would have ended last year and you're dragging over things. God said, I'm going to have you speak to the end of something. I'm going to have you cut something off at its throat. Somebody say hallelujah. You're going to be able to grab that addiction by the throat and choke that thing through. You're going to be able to point your finger at something and say in the name of Jesus, because this is what God has sent me to tell you, that he's going to speak to the end of something. And that's what you need in your life. You need God to speak to the end of something. You want something to come to pass, you got to speak to the end of that thing. You want to see a brand new day? You got to speak to the end of that day, not to the beginning of it. Somebody say hallelujah. Then wouldn't it be nice for you to speak something and just walk out what you're speaking? Somebody say hallelujah. Ain't it nice to know the end of the movie before you get started? Come on, somebody. Ain't it nice to know how it ends? Somebody say hallelujah. It's nice to know how something ends. And that's how God works. He speaks to the end of things. Speaks to the end of things.
Y'all ready for a prophetic word? I'm just trying to set this up, man, because, listen, that's what I came to do. Now, if you want to, you want, if you want to eat today, you can eat today. There's food on the table. Let, let, let me read this. You, 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 you're there at St. John 6. Come with me down to, to, to verse 26. I'll read 25. I think it might give context to it. I could quote these verses. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, whence comest thou? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, watch this, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Now watch, watch what he says. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Watch what he says. Which the Son of Man shall give unto you. Notice that the body is what? Given to you. I mean, I know you're forgiven. I thank God that you're forgiven. And I'm not going to tell you not to keep drinking. Keep drinking. How many know we got to keep drinking that blood? Right? I have to drink it every day. Somebody say hallelujah. I, I need that fresh forgiveness every day in my life. But friend, if you don't start eating. You can't be on a spiritual liquid diet your whole life, baby. You're going to have to learn how to eat in the kingdom. You're going to learn how to eat. You've got to learn how to eat in the kingdom of God. Friend, you've got to learn how to eat in the kingdom of God. Friend, you have to learn how to eat in the kingdom of God. you got to eat. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to eat, baby. You, you, you know anybody, you know anybody that all they're doing is drinking, they look sick. You meet anybody say they're on a liquid diet, they're going to look sick. You can even tell when people are overeating. But isn't it nice to eat? Has anybody ever had a good meal? Any, anybody ever have a good meal over good conversation? Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. And isn't that nice when you when you go somewhere nice? And I, listen, uh, listen, I, I like going nice places, man, where you eat and the conversation's right and the service is superb, man. And, and you're just eating and the delicacies are just eating nice things, man, makes you just feel good. Listen, brother, sister, listen, I, I'm here to tell you, Jesus serves a nice plate. And the hospitality is out of this world and the service cannot be beaten. God sets the table. If you'll come eat, if you'll come eat, you've got to learn how to eat in the kingdom of God. So notice what Jesus says. He says, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Now catch this. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? What must we do that we might work the works of God is a prophetic statement. Have you ever asked yourself that question? Do you understand, brothers and sisters, let me stop you for a moment and digress in the message a bit. Do you know that you are the light of the world? 
do, do, do you know that Jesus qualifies your light like this? That you've got to let your light shine. For nobody lights a candle and hides it under a bushel. But what do they do with the candle? It gets elevation. You, 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 put, you, know, you put a light at the top so that everybody in the room gets the benefit of the light. He said, so let your work shine. That men might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Listen, don't disqualify yourself. These people don't have an education. The, the people that are following the Lord, they're nomadic. They don't even have a job. They're just trying to find a place to eat. They're not educated. They don't live in the finery of life. These people are just following, and they've come, and they're asking a question that is prophetic right now in 2022. What must we do that we might work the works of God? And, friend, if you never get around to that, you're never going to eat from the kingdom of God. Listen, when you look at your neighbor and say, we're glad you're saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, I'm so glad you got saved. I'm so glad that you believe in the blood. But do you have works in your life? Not works that causes you to be saved, but works that the light are on in your life. Are you eating? Are you eating in this kingdom? Y'all know what this is, right? Your boy like doing this when he gets a first down. I mean, no, you can't do this when it's fourth down. He only does that when he gets the first down. Have you got a first down in the kingdom yet? You advancing the ball? You, you, you making strides for God? Have you been eating at all in the kingdom of God? Friend, you've got to eat in the kingdom. Unless a man eats of the flesh and drinks of the blood, he has no part of God. He has no part of the kingdom. You're not even in the kingdom of God yet. And friend, I'm here to tell you, if you want to eat, you've got to learn how to eat that flesh. And if these people can ask the question, how much more should we be asking? What must we do that we might work the works of God? This is the prophetic question of 2022. You want to get out of your spiritual rut? You got to learn how to eat. You want to find value in Christ? You got to learn how to eat. You want to find fulfillment in your spiritual life and you want to walk with the newness? Friend, if you don't eat from the kingdom of heaven, this thing is going to get stale. You're going to get bored in the kingdom of heaven. Listen, how many more Sundays are you going to come and hear me and not do anything? How many, how many more Sundays are you going to come and be part of whatever process here and never be part of the eating of the kingdom? And I promise you this, when we get to heaven, the Lord's going to play back this message and say, I sent my son to tell you that. I sent him, and I sent him with the prophetic word, and it was up to you whether you wanted it or not. This is prophetic. The prophetic question, 2022, what must I do that I might work the works of God? And Jesus gives the answer to it. What does he say? This is the work. That you believe. That you believe on him whom God had sent. This is how we eat in the kingdom. How we eat in the kingdom. believe. 
You say, Preacher, I, I don't understand. Well, well, look at the Canaanite woman. She understood. Do, do, do you know there was a Canaanite woman? This is St. Matthew 15, who the Bible says her daughter was grievously vexed with the devil. And she came and she began to pursue the Lord. And the Bible says, and God said not, Jesus said not a word to her. Somebody say he said not a word. The Bible says that she was uh, uh, crying after him. And the disciples said, Lord, send her away, for she crieth after us. And you know, Jesus turned around. You know what he said? He said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she kept crying. And then Jesus stopped and said, woman, it's not meat to cast the bread of the children unto dogs. Did you hear what Jesus said? Was it meat for him to cast bread to dogs? You know her reply. Yea, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. You see that crumb? The crumb, brother and sister. Not the loaf, just the crumbs. Was sufficient to do whatever she needed done in her own house to alleviate her from the vexation of the demonic spirit that tormented her daughter. Just the crumb was sufficient enough to do exactly what she needed God to do. Let me say it again. Just the crumb of the of the bread that fell off the master's table was sufficient for a dog to get a remedy. For all you that like to boast that you're a friend of God. We like to come to church and say, I'm a friend of God. But you know, Jesus says, you're only my friend if you do what I say. You're only a friend if you believe. How sad it is. Do you know that these people said back to Jesus? Well, what do you work then? Speaking about works, Jesus, well, what, what is your work? What do you work that we might believe in you? This is prophetic, y'all. This is, this is probably the single greatest word you'll hear in your lifetime. Jesus says, the work that I produce is bread. I'm that bread. Somebody say he's that bread. He's not, he's not, he's not, he's not bimbo bread. He's not Miss Bear's bread. He's not, the he's not the bread from your favorite little Mexican bakery. He is, he is that bread. He is the bread of life. That if anybody eats that bread, they're going to experience life. I mean, how many want life? I mean, I mean, real, true, abundant life. See, if you eat that bread, he says you're going to get life. 
you're going to get life, and life, catch it, more abundantly. More abundant life. I'm that bread. You say, well, preacher, how do I eat? You have faith in his body. You have faith. Faith in his body. Which sadly most people don't have. You say, well, why do you say that, preacher? Because the truth is in the proof of its pudding, right? The proof is in the pudding itself. Let me introduce to you a man who had faith in the body. Uh, let, let me start here. St. Matthew, St. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. There is no greater sermon ever preached in all of the world. The Sermon on the Mount is the greatest exposition of the mind of God. No, nothing anybody would ever say, no message ever preached, can ever even dare to compare to the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus preaching on the mountain. It's the greatest expression of God in the totality of the Son of the Lord. It is exquisite. And anybody that really wants to know the heart of God, you need to read the Sermon on the Mount. St. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. What I love about these passages, the Bible says that at the very ending of, 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 of the seventh chapter of St. Matthew, the Bible says that Jesus spake as one having authority and not as one of the scribes. Because you know what the scribes would do, right? The scribes would go out and read the word out loud, right? Just on a corner someplace. And how many did they know that it's not the hearing of the word that makes the difference? It's the doing of the word. I've had people come up to me after church say, Pastor, that was one of the greatest messages I ever preached. And, and, and I'm flattered by that. That's all great and that's all dandy. But listen, the greatest message is the one that you do. Do, do you know that I've met people that have told me to my face that they've heard every message that there is to be preached? That's why they don't come to church. Well, preacher, I don't go to church because I've heard all those messages. And I said, well, brother, it's not about hearing the message. It's about doing what you're hearing. Well, you look at your neighbor and say, baby, you got to do this stuff. So what that you heard it, can you do it? Oh, I'm talking to somebody now. Now everybody getting quiet when I start talking about we got to do something. Everybody says, well, what you talking about? I'm talking about eating in the kingdom. I'm talking about faith in the kingdom. I'm talking about doing. Jesus says, don't just be hearers of the word. You've got to be doers of the word. You've heard it like this. you got to practice what you're. You know, Jesus preached the greatest message everybody preached. And the Bible says that, that he didn't speak as one of the scribes, just talking about the word. He spoke as one having authority. Now watch what happened. The Bible says when he came down off that mountain, Jesus answers the first question we all are asking. There was a leper there. Do, do you know that Jesus preached on the mountain and all the crowd was there? And then when Jesus finished and he started going down, everybody followed him. First person he meets is a leper. You know what the leper asked Jesus? Because you know, what good is it, listen, what good is it for Jesus to teach if we can't do anything he's talking about? What good is it for Jesus to teach about who God is and that we can't act on the very nature of God? That we can't have a God-likeness? Listen, brother and sister, aren't you tired of hearing messages? 
Aren't you tired of the preacher preaching and you can't do what he's preaching about? Jesus comes down and a leper meets him. You know what the leper asked him? First question we all need to get past. You know what the leper asked Jesus? This is what he said. If thou wilt, thou canst make me whole. For all of you wondering about God's willingness. Well, will God do it? I mean, we all know God can. The question is, will he? You know what Jesus said? I will. The Bible says he stretched forth his hand. He didn't, and he touched the leper. Because I will be thou clean. And he was healed. That very second, the touching of the Lord. He answers the first question. I'm willing. You know the second guy he ran into? You remember him. He's called the centurion. Centurion. The Bible says that the centurion came already eating of the Lord. Why do you say? Because he came to the Lord saying, I know you're going to heal him. That's why I'm here. The centurion didn't come to see if Jesus would. The centurion knows God's will. All he needs is a word. Let me say that one more time because you missed that, baby. You, you, you see, you're not, you're not paying attention. You, you drifted off right there. You were daydreaming. You were thinking about something else. You were thinking about the Cowboys playing yesterday, and you were thinking about they're they going to make the playoffs. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. You're thinking about other things. You're not thinking about what I just said. You see, he already came in the disposition that God would. All he needs is a word from God. All he needs is a, is a word. All he, he came to eat from God. He came, all he wants is a word. All he wants is a word. He wants us a word. Do you know what you need in 2022? You don't need another car, man. Listen, you got plenty of those. You don't need a promotion, man. You can get that anywhere. You don't need another house. You don't need another wife. You don't need another husband. You don't need another boyfriend. You don't need another girlfriend. Baby, what you need is a bona fide word from God. What you need in your life is a word from the Almighty. A word. Somebody say a word. Somebody say a word. Baby, I need a word from God. I need a word. I need a word. I need a word. I need a word from God. Give your neighbor a high five. Say, baby, all you need is a word. All you need is a word. What you need is a word from God. What you need is a word. Jesus says, I am that bread, baby. You, you, you know that the bread is a, is a symbolic gesture of, of the body. The body is a symbolic gesture of the word. And you know what? He's given it to you. Uh, let me, I, I'll, I'll, I'll do that one more time. I'll do that one more time. You, you, you know that the bread is a, is a symbolic expression of his body. His body is a symbolic expression of the word. And that word, Jesus says, I'm going to give it to you. Just going to give it to you. Here's a, here's a word. Just gonna give you a word. Just gonna give, give, give. Here it is. Here, just give, give it to you. Word. Word, man. Word. Word. You, 
you were with me last Sunday when I told you that, that Jesus in, in St. John chapter 6 says, I am the bread of life. Uh, you, you were there with me when I told you in St. John 8, he says, I am the light of the world. You were with me when he says, before Abraham was, I am. You were there with me last week when I told you in St. John chapter 11, when Martha came, he says, listen, I am the resurrection and the life. You were there with me when I told you last week in St. John 14 where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You were there when I told you, St. John chapter 15, when he says, I am the true vine. I am the source of it all. Listen, I'm going to give you a word that I am who I say I am. You need a door open? He's the door. You need life? He's that life. You need something dead to be resuscitated? He's resurrection and life. Friend, listen. He's going to give you a word. And you know how he did it? He gave it to you through his body. Hear the prophet Isaiah again. Surely. Somebody say surely. I mean, come on now. The prophet Isaiah said, I mean, let's get real. I mean, surely, certainly of a truth. He carried your griefs. And your sorrows. And you know what's weird in here? Is we all esteemed him stricken. Aren't you glad he bled? I mean, stop for a minute and uh, identify yourself. Is there anybody here glad that Jesus died? Is there anybody here glad that he went to the cross? Is there anybody here that lifts up their head to heaven and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me? We all esteemed him smitten of God, afflicted. We did that. Didn't you? Aren't you glad he did it? This is what the prophet is saying. We esteemed him smitten. We esteemed him stricken. We esteemed that affliction because we know where it put us. He was wounded. He was, he was bruised. My peace. With God, the chastisement of that was laid upon his body. Do you know that they whipped him? They scourged him and opened up his back for you? That you would be healed? That's his body. He's giving it to you. The word of God. Beaten and strangled. Bloody, but yet ready. Did you hear what I just said? When that centurion came, he says, Lord, my servant lieth at home, grievously vexed of the palsy. And Jesus says, I will come and heal him. Now, <laughs> you, 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 you don't have to come. <laughs> you, you, you don't. Did I lose? Did, I, I don't know if I lost volume. But can you hear me? He says, he says, no, you don't, you don't have to come. He says, he says, you catch it. He says, just speak the word only. Just speak a word. 
He says, for I am a man, catch this. You, 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 you remember the Sermon on the Mount that everybody said, he speaks as one that has authority. But not as the scribes do. He, I mean, he's speaking with power. And he says, listen, I know how authority works. I tell one to go, he goes. I tell one to come, he comes. Just speak the word only. Just speak it. The Bible says that Jesus marveled because he finally found somebody healthy in the kingdom. Somebody healthy, somebody who had already been eating. This isn't a crucified Jesus. This isn't a Jesus by which we know all that he did. This isn't, this isn't the totality. This is just Jesus preaching a message. And the centurion heard it. And he says, you have authority. And I know how authority works. Just speak the word. Jesus marveled because he ran into somebody that knew how to eat. Let me say this. When you start eating, you'll start giving. You, you, you know what it is. You know, if we went to go eat and all I drank was water, I ain't leaving nothing. And a lot of you have been coming to church and all you've been doing is drinking. And you've made no investment in the kingdom of God yet. Listen, if all you do is drink, you're never going to leave any money on the table. All you do is you come to church and you're glad that you're saved and you're glad you're forgiven, but you haven't learned how to eat yet. You understand that Jesus wants to be the source. And until he becomes the source in your life and you know that he's the source because you're learning to eat off his table then you start making the investment of your life towards him. Revival starts in your life when you begin to trust in his words and you point your finger at something and say in the name of Jesus, I command this thing. I put an end to that. I speak over that. I declare the word. I say it now and I say it in faith. And I believe my Lord will be faithful to his word because he gave that word to me by his very blood and by his very body. And we establish that. We make an investment in God. We make an investment in God. Do you know today your kids, your kids have never seen you make an investment into the word of God. And little by little, our kids are growing weary of these little fairy tales we talk about. And they don't see the reality of the power of God manifested in our lives. I'm here to tell you, Jesus says, I gave you my body. 
and I gave you flesh to eat. You're the one who hasn't put it to your mouth and believe that I'm able to do what I said I'd do. Listen, there's some things that if you start pointing your finger and start taking authority and standing your ground in the kingdom of God and you start to eat, man, you'll start to advance the kingdom of God because my God is speaking to the end of things and he wants to finish some things before he comes back. And he's just looking for some faithful some, somebody who will say, you know what? I believe in Jesus. I believe in the blood and the body. I believe that I am powerful. Powerful in the name of the Lord. And I believe his word is effectual. I want to eat some of that flesh. I want to believe God. I want to believe God. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. It's already 12 o'clock, man. We've, we've got to come to a place, a disposition in the mind. A disposition in the mind. A disposition in our mind. Jesus, what do you work? Give us reason to believe. Jesus said this, I am that bread. I am the bread of heaven. I'm that bread that came down that if any man eats, he's going to have life. the truth and the life. I am the true vine. 